Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. If you'd like to sell an office building or any commercial properties, land, or multifamily, reach out to me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about what I think is the most interesting sector in commercial real estate these days, and that's the office sector. Seems to be the most in question, right? Everybody says office is dead. We can all work from home. What we love the no commute, right? We can pet our dogs and be close to our refrigerators. This is just wonderful, right? <laughs> uh, but we're starting to see uh, some companies uh, or a lot of companies uh, and employees get back into the office buildings, but there's still a, a lot of questions about the future of office. Let's explore it. Please welcome my guest is Tom LaSilvia. He's senior economist with Moody's Analytics. Some of you may remember the company Reese. Well, it's Moody's Analytics CRE. Tom, good to see you, sir. Michael, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And uh, as I mentioned in the open, there are a lot of people out there kind of question, do we really need office anymore? I mean, do we really need offices it's a great question, and I don't think we have the exact answer yet. Uh, there has been some studies in industry. There's been some studies in academia about productivity. But I think this is going to play out over the next five to seven years, and we're going to be able to see, hey, has innovation dropped, right? Um, are people able to learn on the job in the same way if they're mostly remote. Uh, mentoring, how does that happen, right? So I think there are questions, and I think a lot of companies are uh, being guinea pigs, the ones that are trying either way, to be honest with you, because the ones that are taking a hard line, is this going to mean more difficulty getting the skilled labor they need? And the others that are going more remote, are they going to suffer from those uh, same things I was just mentioning before? Yeah, I mean, are we going to be able to buy Tesla after this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening there. Obviously, uh, Elon Musk has taken a, a hard line there for now, but who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. For those of you, if you haven't heard, I'm sure our audience has, uh, he kind of said, tell everybody to get their get back to work at least 40 hours a week and, and do it in the office where you're, where you're supposed to be working, right? Uh, or the factory. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Well, well, Tom, how is the office market performing overall uh, when you look at the U.S. office sector? Yeah, you know, we had expected to see quite a bit more stress given what's happening, given the uncertainties uh, but really, this has been a benign downturn, at least in relation to, say, uh, the great financial crisis or even the recession from the early 2000s. Um, in those situations, the office market really uh, had a tough time. Uh, we saw vacancy rates spike. We saw effective rents fall quite a bit, and it took a while for them to come back. But this 
right? This wasn't a financial crisis. Um, a lot of the office-using firms, they had record profits, record stock prices, not so much anymore, but record stock prices during um, the pandemic. And they were able, even if they weren't going to the office, they were able to fairly easily uh, pay their rents. Um, there was no need to break a lease, that's for sure. And, you know, this has led to, at the worst of it, we saw about one, one and a half percent decline in effective rents, but we're already on the upswing a little bit. The second half of 2021, um, things kind of stabilized from a rent perspective. And from the, um, the vacancy perspective, we peaked out at 18.5% at the national level. Uh, we're down to around 182 18.3% right now. So there has been um, a little bit tightening, but still. Um, 18% is, is nothing to write home about. Yeah, that, that's true. So what do you suggest uh, we might see moving forward, Tom, is, uh, you know, there's a lot of companies, right, that are leasing space that aren't using it all, right? Yeah, we're still seeing uh, physical occupancy hover below 50%. Um, we often cite the, uh, the castle uh, swipes there. And there are certain cities, like I think Austin has peaked now close to 64, 65%. Um, but New York and some of the other large dense cities are hovering around that 40% mark. So with problems with physical occupancy, you have to expect that as leases expire, some firms may pull back a little bit. Um, from what we've seen though, it may not be as much as, as you would expect. Um, we have seen some consolidation, uh, but we've also seen some other firms take down more space, right? Um, a lot of that is due to, well, for one, an expectation that we will go back in a little higher um, physical occupancy rate as, as things progress. And the other thing going on here is a lot of firms are bullish on their future prospects, right? So if even if your, let's say, space utilization rate drops or your you know, square footage per employee drops, and you have some folks that are fully remote, others that are only hybrid, and they do some hoteling of desks. Even if that's the case, if you expect to grow, let's say you expect to grow you know, 100%, you double in size. Well, you may need actually more space. You know, this is uh, the U.S. economy is an innovative, a knowledge-based economy, and if we're going to maintain that comparative advantage, then it might mean some of these firms expand, and we've seen that with big tech over the last couple of years. Right, you got companies like Facebook and and Google and 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 Amazon that uh, are out there gobbling up space, right? Yeah, yeah, we have a new um, Google campus here in uh, Manhattan, and uh, they still, you know, very much talk about the desire to be in a dense urban area to get the skill diversity of uh, for employees that they need going forward into the future, right? And so, you know, there there is still this thought process that we're going to expand, we're going to need great employees. And some of the centers of economic activity that we have always had here in the U.S. will continue to be, at least at some level. 
And I'm glad you brought up the city, uh, New York. Uh, since you're, you're there, I think the, the rest of the country could be curious about kind of what you're seeing there today as far as utilization. You know, how, how was it? How's it looking on the on the sidewalks uh, in the business districts? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I was there um, actually last week spending a lot of time there and probably less business attire on the streets, but maybe we've all changed and we're all wearing athleisure even when we go to the office. So that's, that's not a perfect uh, example there. But I, I actually was fairly pleased, I suppose, if you want to put me in that, that way, um, of the level of vibrancy in both Midtown and Downtown. I spent time in both. Um, yeah, not, you know, once again, the statistics we're getting are showing that physical occupancy is still down. Um, and I think a lot of the people that I did see were tourists. Um, or locals, and some of those locals may be going to and fro from work, but others are just, you know, doing their daily activity um, in Manhattan. Um, so, you know, for me, fairly optimistic, or what I saw gave me some cautious optimism for what I think we'll see. I guess the other thing to say, I did ride the commuter rail into the city and that was uh, fairly, fairly full. Um, even, even when I rode on an off peak hour, there were quite a few people coming in. Once again, it seemed to be a mix of uh, commuters, business commuters and, um, and tourists. What level of mask are you seeing on that uh, commute? A very 25%. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I would think that'd be a place that you would see more of it uh, in that sort of tight quarters. Right. But And yeah, the office yeah, market, but, go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. The office market in uh, New York though is, is, is picked up recently, right? As far as activity and leasing. Yeah, leasing activity did pick up quite a bit. And the first quarter was actually a really good quarter. We saw some positive pressure on rents. Um, net absorption was very good. Uh, um, overall, there was a positive there. Very interesting, though, to see where the leasing activity has gone. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking flight to quality. I was tracking that really closely through 2021 and really at that point what were, was not seeing a lot of variation between class A properties and class BC properties. But then turn the year over and the first quarter net absorption in New York was I think a positive uh, 1.2 million square feet for class A and about just less than a negative uh, 1 million square feet for class BC. So we are seeing a little bit of movement towards the class A properties. And then when you dig in a little bit further, it's the class A properties that um, you might consider trophy properties or amenity filled properties or properties with views, great lighting, outdoor space, uh, newer properties are doing quite well. So this, this flight, to quality with the 
you know, economic rationale of that we have to entice some of our workers back to the office um, seems to be picking up some speed even in the data. And here we are mid-2022, uh, Tom, and, and I guess it seems like in the past year or two, there's been uh, some interest in suburban you know, office, right, uh, and not so much CBD. What's the most recent trend there? Balanced. I've, I've noticed quite a bit of uh, space being leased up in central business districts. Uh, it even surprised me. I was looking at Chicago statistics recently. And if you look at where most of the net absorption was in the uh, last quarter, uh, much of it was in and around the central business district, uh, the loop area. So, you know, similarly uh, with the New York area. Now, this isn't to say that suburban areas in particular, newer properties, again, um, in suburban areas aren't doing well, uh, but it is interesting to see that this is not quite a story of the downfall of the center city, um, at least not yet. Yeah. So back to your uh, forecast for a moment, uh, Tom. So your overall forecast for office performance moving forward, recap that for me. Bit of a bumpy road ahead. Um, we don't expect there to be a huge spike in the vacancy rate. We do not think it's going to um, you know, peak past 20% for sure, if anything. Uh, we do see construction activity declining a little bit moving forward, and that should help uh, with that vacancy rate. So right now, I said we're sitting around um, the low 18%. I think over the next few years, it drops closer to uh, 16%, still high from historic standards, but not too far off some of the long-term averages. And in terms of rent growth, uh, weak. Um, in the next year or two, don't expect very much more than a half a percent to 1% overall at the national level. And uh, moving forward, as we kind of maybe reach a new equilibrium a few years out, uh, getting maybe closer to 2 to 3%. But this is, this is going to be an odyssey for the sector. Right. As I started the conversation with, there's going to be a lot of trial and error, a lot of starts and stops as firms, you know, try out some things. Um, maybe they work, maybe they don't. Uh, some firms may move to different cities. Um, yeah, this overall, again, an odyssey here. So bit of a bumpy road, bit of flatness on our baseline forecast. Yeah. Well, that's better than uh, the negative, I, I believe, right? So For sure, yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about the, the labor market uh, a little bit and get uh, your view on that, Tom, because it seems to me that for the office market to really rebound with any type of real strength, um, there needs to be some equilibrium in the, in the uh, labor market. You know, if you try to, you, you try to do Elon Musk, right? Tell everybody to get back to the office and, you know, you lose 10% of your, your employees immediately. Well, that could, that could cause some problems, right? What do you expect for the labor market moving forward? When does it turn around or does it ever? Labor market's fascinating right now, because if you look at 
job openings versus the amount of people looking for work. So the ratio of job openings to unemployed, it's basically two to one at this point. Now, a lot of those jobs are not in office using occupations. A lot of them still are in leisure and hospitality, but the labor market's pretty tight. So workers are quite emboldened uh, when there is a mandate to return, some of them may say, no, sorry, I'm going to look for a firm that allows me to go fully remote or maybe only going to the office one or two days a week or whatever their preferences. So I think we are in a period, especially while the labor market is tight, we're in a period where there's going to be some sorting happening as certain individuals, as certain laborers decide what's best for them and how they want to live their life, where they want to live their life, what type of commute they want, what type of office presence or lack thereof that they want, they're going to maybe move around a little bit and look for jobs that give them what they're looking for. Now, this does not mean that everybody's looking for remote work, right? I think we have to be careful about saying that Everyone is against their commute. Everyone is happy with petting their dog um, all day. I mean, I, obviously, everyone wants to pet their dog. I got mine right here. Um, but, you know, I think there are a lot of uh, younger folks starting off their career that understand the value of being with a mentor on a daily basis to move their career ahead. I mean, that's the whole rationale to move to a city to begin with and to work in an office type of setting where you can network and you can really move that career forward. So, and that's shown in some surveys that I've seen that they're the younger generation, um, is kind of craving a connection to wherever they're going to work. Now, does that mean they're actually going to do it when push comes to shove? And that's there's a difference between what they say on the surface and what they finally end up doing? I, I don't know. But I do think that there is this... Um, I think we've gone too far saying that everybody wants remote yeah. and that um, there aren't people that... Um, that, that rather have more of an office setting and more of an urban type of lifestyle too. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I, I know in our, in our shop, in our office, you know, 90% of us really love uh, being in the office and part of that's having a good office em environment, right? Uh, well, Tom, what do you think about the labor market? You know, when you look at the demographics of some of the baby boomers, maybe starting to retire and that sort of thing, and kind of with this new sentiment that, that you've explained, what does it take to turn this labor market you know, around to some equilibrium again? Is it, does it take a recession or something like that? Yeah, we, you know, again, incredibly tight. I do not see us moving back towards that ratio of maybe one to one, which is closer to where I think, um, well, we'll put it this way. I think there's a big story here, right? Right now, with all of the pressure, the tightness on the labor market, that puts a lot of pressure on firms to raise wages, and it keeps people spending, and that makes the Fed's job a lot tougher when they're trying to slow that rate of inflation. So you mentioned a recession. Uh, unless we get a lot of unless our borders open up considerably to bring in a lot of skilled workers into this country, 
I, with demographics, as you mentioned, I don't see us getting uh, very close to that one-to-one -one ratio without there being a little bit of recession, right? This, this tight labor market, there's no easy way out of this, not with the demographics that we currently have in this country. And, and I find that in, very interesting because I think as long as there's a very tight labor market, it uh, puts a little negative pressure uh, on the office sector performance. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I think there, you know, whether it's the conversation that we were just having regarding the emboldened workers um, or it's this uh, unwillingness to expand just because you don't you know, you as a senior management hiring uh, directors of companies don't want to get involved um, with the, the current labor market and be put in that position, right? You, you may not go through that expansion period. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think you're, you're right that this is, this is not um, an ideal situation for the office sector. Yeah. And Tom, let's talk about uh, sale prices, cap rates and things for the office sector. It seems like throughout the first quarter, in our shop at least, we sell office buildings and we didn't see a lot of cap rate changes uh, results in the first quarter. And what are the more recent trends? Yeah, what we're showing at our national level statistics are cap rates somewhere um, between six and a half and seven percent for the office sector. Uh, this is slightly above what we were seeing prior to the pandemic, where we were maybe around six percent. So there's there's a bit of a risk premium being built in, given the uncertainty of the sector, the longer term uncertainty. Um, but there's also you know just pressure on cap rates, given what's happening with financing costs um, from from the increase interest rates and just generally the, the cost pressures in the economy. So from a transaction perspective, we saw fairly slow 2021 um, with a little bit of pickup uh, in the first quarter and these first couple of months now um, within the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we see the, the nicer properties we put out, the more occupied and stable uh, you know, we get multiple competing bids and we're still getting um, some pretty strong cap rates for in the seller's view. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think, yes, I, I, there is a bit of a bifurcation here when it comes to office, similar to how we've talked about retail in the past. Right. I mean, we're getting to that point where some of the older class BC properties are having a harder time trade and it may be a bit of a haircut, whereas some of those, those more amenity-filled trophy properties um, are able to sell at tighter uh, cap rates and uh, without, without any discounts at this point because their occupancy is, is fairly good. And, and I think both the tenants and those landlords are bullish. Um, and owners are bullish on the longer term future as it relates to office. Now, one thing that we haven't talked about that I think is interesting in relation to this is what's happening with the, uh, the, the climate side of um, commercial real estate and whether it's disclosures, whether it's uh, commitments to reduce CO2 emissions. Um, we are seeing premium on, say, lead certified buildings and newer buildings that are putting in more um, advanced HVAC systems and, um, you know, windows that um, shade the sun to keep things cooler, right? So I think there is an interesting element of how um, ESG 
is going to ultimately play in the office sector in the relation between uh, newer properties and older properties. Yeah, and it seems like uh, there might be some opportunities out there, right, for some of these B properties and uh, maybe even C to uh, create healthier environments and, and maybe get some uh, good acquisition prices uh, in this kind of window ahead of us, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good point that if they can find a way to make the, um, the renovations pencil, given the, the discounts that they might receive on the purchase of the property, and they're in a good area, then, you know, that could become um, a spot where, where there's that, you know, value add, right? And I think that's what a lot of uh, folks with capital are looking for, right? But I think it comes down to what are the prices, uh, what are the costs associated with those renovations to bring it up to speed, um, ultimately to get the, um, the, uh, the, the deal to, to pencil properly. Yeah, well, it's interesting. We just took out a $47 million lead gold building with a very strong credit uh, tenant on a, on a very sticky tenant as well on a very major Southeast market. Um, and it's interesting to see kind of the response right now uh, because of people's view of the office market. Uh, it, it, it really varies. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy out there. So, so what do you expect moving forward? Uh, if uh, you're, you look in your crystal ball and you look at cap rates moving forward, Tom. With interest rates going up still, uh, a little bit more pressure uh, for the universe, uh, upward pressure for the universe, right? So I could see cap rates going into the sevens um, for certain properties um, being approaching eight or over eight for some of those properties we were just talking about. But for some of those more uh, trophy properties, you know, cap rates could maintain in the fives uh, for sure. So, you know, some variation there, again, the bifurcation of the office sector, I think, is here for a little while. That might create some opportunities, as we were speaking about a moment ago. Um, but yeah, with the current interest rate environment, and as we were just talking about with how strong the labor market is, I think the Federal Reserve will have no choice but to continue. I mean, they've already said they're going to, but I think this is going to be a, a continuation of increasing rates, increasing finance costs, and ultimately, you know, that has to put some pressure on cap rates. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it seemingly must, right? Well, Tom, what would you leave artists with to think about for office sector moving forward? Cautious optimism, right? I think if I had to have a, a phrase there, uh, I am an urban economist by trade. And one of the things we study deeply is agglomeration or the value of proximity. That could be, you know, firms close to other firms in a cluster in a particular city, or it could be within an office building itself. There's value of you and I interacting, right? And some of that value is just lower collaboration costs. Other parts of that value are, um, the informal information exchange that actually happens within an office setting. And that in a lot of studies has been found to be quite valuable. And if you go fully remote forever, you lose that, right? You lose then also some of the mentoring, some of the coaching, some of the um, education that happens, especially for um, younger 
coworkers, ones that are starting off their career. Hey, you know, I don't think, or very few people anyway, would disagree with me when I say that education at even the higher ed level is better in person. Well, that same thing kind of holds within the office setting. So I'm, you know, a little more bullish on the fact that we are going to go back to the office at higher physical occupancy rates than certainly what we're seeing now. Um, after this kind of trial and error period, um, you know, we go through this over the next few years. Yeah, that makes sense. Tom, thank you for joining us, sir. Great information as usual. We appreciate you being on the show. Thank you, Michael. All right. And thank you for being with us around the country. Uh, we just also did a show this week on occupier strategies. So if uh, you lead a business that uh, uses space, uh, check it out. We'll put a link uh, in our show notes for this show. And uh, thank you for joining us. Please let us know what you think. We appreciate you sharing the show. And uh, until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit buxtonco.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access One, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.